Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm really excited today to bring you this podcast. Um, We're kind of continuing on for those of you that listened to last week's show about how do I get controlling lights? uh, How do I get started rather controlling lights for under $100? We talked about that last week. And now this week, I want to talk about, okay, how do I get started controlling lights for under $500? Okay, so we're going to talk about that today. First things first, though, take a take care of a little bit of a family business here. First thing is that uh, there's, we got a new review over on iTunes via Australia by uh, Jay Jamo. And uh, this nice person wrote, very insightful and easy to listen to if you're learning Looking to learn more about lighting, highly recommended. So thank you there, JJMO, and thank you to everyone who's left a review for the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. I, I can't uh, harp on this enough because I've been watching as reviews have been pouring in lately. We've been getting more of them, you know, one or two a week often, and um, it's it's really helping it to rank better in iTunes and uh, for more people to be able to see the show, to be able to learn more about lighting. And so thank you so much for sharing that with your friends. All right, today in lighting news, I want to cover um, something that's a little bit grim, but we have to we we do have to talk about, and that is accidents in the world of lighting. Now, um, this podcast is heard in over sixty countries now, which is amazing, um, just incredible. Thank you for all your support. People all around the world are listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast, and in the past week or two, there, there I've seen two accidents that have happened. Um, Neither of them have been in the U.S., but this happens occasionally in the U.S. where, you know, a stage falls down, trusses fall down, people get electrocuted, things like that. And uh, this past week, there was a a truss that fell down, and um, unfortunately, some people lost their life in China and in Brazil. um, Somebody, I believe, passed away um, when they um, hit. They climbed a truss and um, they weren't, they were performer, I believe, or uh, no, they were drunk. Um, and they climbed a truss and ran into some high power lines. Maybe it was a little foggy as to what happened. But regardless, even though this is a little bit grim, you know, I've got to put this out there. If you're not fully confident and insured to be doing stage production and, and doing this, um, you know, live and, and setting things up and, and rigging and um, working with high amounts of electricity. You know, it's great. A lot of people are, you know, new to learn stage lighting and, you know, you're working with some LED fixtures and you're plugging them into wall power and stuff like that. And, you know, of course you need to be uh, safe with electricity, but it's a whole different ball game when you're working with, you know, a 400 amp three-phase service or multiple or bigger services and you're hanging pe- things over people's heads and things like that. And, and when you do get to that point, if, if you do need to do that kind of stuff, just please, 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 please always bring in someone who is competent, trained, and insured to do those things. Anytime you're hanging something over people's head or, or using a, a high amount of electricity, there's a lot of life safety factors involved. And so it's really important, even though it does cost money, um, to bring in somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, you know, even with the electricity, it could just be, you know, an electrician. It doesn't have to be somebody in the stage world, just someone who knows about electricity and, and can guide you 
in the right way. So that's that's super important. I got to say that that's just, you know, a really big deal um, for me because you see accidents like this and, and all accidents truly are preventable um, by using, you know, properly trained personnel and, and, and gear that's, that's in proper shape. And so um, that's really, really important to me. So now let's uh, try to pick the pace back up. Hopefully you haven't all left the podcast and dive into our main segment. All right, so today we're going to be talking about how do you get started controlling stage lighting for under $500, okay? How do you get started controlling stage lighting for under $500? It's really amazing to me that we're even having this conversation because when I first started in this business, and that was about Oh, goodness. How when was that? <laughs> you know, t about 10 years ago, actually, was when I got my first job. But even before that, I was volunteering at my church. I'm in theater and things like that. And back then, we were looking, you know, I was using consoles that were, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand or or many thousands of dollars. Um, and the ability to get a high quality console, something that's that's really usable and can do a complex show for under $500, it, it just, it wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't possible. But today, thanks to the power of technology, thanks to advances in computer technology and, and smart, innovative people, we can now get started controlling stage lighting for under $500. And it's amazing. And so I'm going to go through today um, just some different ways that you can control stage lights for under $500, starting with kind of the most basic. And this is, you know, basically um, jumping off of last week, where we're going to start at the bottom, you know, right down near $100. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go to learnstagelighting.com slash 017. That'll get you last week's episode or grab it in your podcast player, of course. And um, and and listen to that one first and then come back here. And we'll, we're going to kind of cover the over $100 to under $500. And then I might even, thinking about it, I might even, you know, say, okay, what if you have more budget next week? I might, I might talk about that. Um, and so stay tuned for that. Um, I'll decide by the end of this episode for sure. But when, when you're at $100, basically the only thing you can buy yourself, just over $100, for about $120, you can buy yourself a Chave Obey 40 or still under $100, you can buy a Chave Obey 70. And so, and, and American DJ and Alation, they have similar ones and Blizzard has similar consoles that look the same and work the same as this. But regardless, you can get a console like that. And I got to tell you, they're very underwhelming. However, for some situations, it's the right thing. So when is a, a basic, you know, DJ style controller the right thing? Well, if you just need some basic fader control of a few lights, you need to be able to select a couple fixtures. Um, please ignore the buttons on the Obey. They are very loud when you press them. Um, you know, they're not a quality button by any means. They're cheap. Um, but you need to be able to select a couple fixtures, bring up some faders, and, and just set a lighting look. Or maybe you just need to be able to press a button and, and do a quick snap change between a few different lighting looks. Then, you know what? An Obey console could be what you need. They're not user-friendly. They're not... Um, fancy. They can't do really cool stuff. They, 
they you'll hit a wall pretty quick if you're trying to fade between scenes or uh, update your cues later or things like that but all that to say for some of you out there that's that's really all you need is the basics you know i think of this because chave is a little obey three it's like 70 bucks and you know, I walked in the other week to a production company that I work with here in town, and they were mentioning, you know, oh, I was, I, I had brought a console with me, the Light Shark, to share with them. Great console. And they were like, well, how does this compare to that thing uh, that somebody picked up on a gig, you know, because they needed to control some uplights. They just needed to set a color on a bunch of uplights and, and be able to change it through the show. And, and they had a Chave Obey 3 there. And, you know, I'm not going to knock on it. A great little console if you just have some LEDs and you just want to change the color, you know, and, and that's what they needed for this situation. And, and for some of their shows, it's like, you know, they're sending out an audio guy and he's got some some LED uplights and he just needs to be able to wire up DMX and change the colors. And an Obey series console can be great for that. Up Moving up from there, I think of uh, Entech DMX is kind of my next pick for people. And the reason why I really like DMX is there's a few reasons. One, it's software-based. And so when I say under $500, you can get a computer and DMX this and probably be right at $500 or a little under because it's not hard on the hardware. But I'm kind of assuming here that you already have a computer or have access to a computer because especially DMX and its brother D-Pro, which we're going to talk about in a minute, um, these two pieces of software are not hard on computer systems, okay? You can run them on, on pretty stinking old computers, uh, you know, older hardware, and they run just fine. And the reason I love DMX is, is it's, they, they basically designed a lighting program for audio guys and musicians. And so it, it works, it can work for anybody though, but basically it's a very simple interface where you have faders. You can patch fixtures to faders. You don't even have to do that. It'll output DMX in all the channels without it, but I do recommend patching your fixtures. And you're able to then go ahead and save presets, organize them into banks, which are kind of like a, a queue list per se, and then just be able to click to play things back, fade things, do some effects, do um, some sound activated effects, some kind of smart sound activated effects in a feature called the sound tracker. And if you're a band or a church even, and you want to run things from stage, you can hook up just a good old quarter-inch foot switch, just a basic, you know, sustain pedal for a keyboard, and hook that into your DMX's box and be able to trigger your scenes moving forward. Really cool features. DMX's also is able to be imported as a VST file into uh, programs like Ableton Live and other DAWs, so that you can set that up to either work with your individual lights and trigger them and trigger specific effects, or just to trigger your scenes inside of Ableton or another DAW digital audio workstation like that. And so it's a really powerful program and, and it really can do a lot for just um, $286, I believe is the list price on it. So we'll have links to DMXs and uh, all these consoles in the show notes, of course, and where you can buy them. And so, and DMX says, you know, you can find that one used. Um, it, it does hold its value really well because it's a good product. It's a great piece of software. They're always keeping it up to date. It runs on PC and Mac. And so, um, but you can find used ones sometimes out there on places like eBay. And uh, that's another place you can look as well. Now, come stepping up from that, 
Entech has a program called DPro, and you can get two universes of DMX output with that for um, $200. And then you'll need to buy an interface to get your lighting out to DMX. And uh, that's going to cost you, say you get an Entech widget like we talked about in the last episode for around $100. Maybe you get an open one, which is $70. Maybe you get um, a used one for around $100, $150. And so that brings you to $350, $400, and you've got a fully functional One Universe D-Pro rig, okay? And D-Pro, the cool thing about it, not only is it low cost, but like DMX, it runs on Windows, it runs on Mac, and it takes the basis of DMX and kind of transforms it into more of a intermediate-style console. So it's not a full-on professional console, but... It's simple and quick and, and fairly easy to learn. And you can do some pretty complex things with it. Not only that, but you're able, um, like DMXs, you're able to use MIDI controllers. But in DPro, it's really easy to, to map your MIDI controllers uh, to the software, have all sorts of faders and, and buttons that are sending cues off and, and really be able to layer different things and, and, and run a much more complex show than DMX's. The other cool thing about DPro is that you're able to actually bring in audio files um, and you're able to then structure your, your lighting cue list to match those audio files. And so that can be really cool as well and really helpful. And again, under $500, you know, you just got to put it on a PC or a Mac, you know, some computer that you have existing, and then go ahead and, uh, and, and buy the software, buy the interface. Under $500, you're controlling lights, and, and you can make a very professional-looking, really great show with D-Pro, especially for theater, or maybe you're running music for bands live or doing worship. Uh, it's a really great piece of software that you can get into quite inexpensively. And so again, links to that and to my training videos on DPro uh, will be in the show notes as well. Moving up from there, we've got Elation's M-Series software. That's the MPC software and the M-Series consoles. And when we're talking about being under $500, we're talking about the M-Series MPC software. And what I love about MPC, there's, there's a lot of things I love about it. But one of the great things about it is that it is a full-on professional lighting console. This is a professional-grade console that you'll see. You'll see M6s and M1s on big shows, you know, many, many universes, shows that are in arenas, shows that are in large churches, corporate events. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great console that gets used on big shows. Is it the number one in market share? No, it's not, but it, it gets used a lot. It's reliable, and it's one that I've seen gaining popularity over the past few years as, as I've come into to it and how great of a piece of software and console it is. And when you're working in the PC, there's, there's two different ways you can get started. You can get some great hardware for under $500. The first is that you can get Alation's MDMX box. And the cool thing about this, um, where, as I mentioned in the last episode, you know, you can get a USB to DMX and NTech widget and use it with MPC. And, and, you know, that'll run you new about $170 for the USB DMX Pro or $70 for the Open, which, you know, if your computer does glitch, um, you'll see it in your light. So I, I do recommend going with the Pro if, if you can, can afford that. And I'm trying looking for used ones if, you, if, if money's a, a big thing there. You can do that. But if you need two universes of DMX, 
Alation has their MDMX, and it retails in the U.S. for under $250. And so this this is huge. This is awesome because it, it doesn't cost a lot per universe. It's less than an NTEC USB interface. You get those two universes. You get the full software functionality, RDM, uh, which is able to talk to, to your enabled fixtures and, and change menu settings. Super powerful. And, and everything. Um, for just $240. Now, if you're looking to get some physical hardware, I would say in the professional level console market, M-Series cannot be beat, okay, on price. Because a few years ago, they put out the M-Touch and M-Play. And what these are, you can look these up, and I'll have links in the show notes as well. Because what these are, are interfaces, touch-like interfaces, like certain MIDI controllers uh, from certain brands, that you're able to have playback faders and buttons and on the M-Touch, a programming section. The M-Touch uh, has a programming and a playback section. The M-Play is the same size, but has is all playback, has more playback buttons and faders. And so you can literally get started with either of these interfaces, which gets you not only the control, the buttons and faders, but one five-pin DMX output for control, uh, no RDM, but other than that, fully featured, works great. I've used it on lots of shows. And you can get started with that for under $500, okay? So MSRP, I think, is around $500, but you can find them online, and these are all U.S. prices for, you know, $430-ish, I think. Um, it, it varies a little between the two models, but regardless, you can get started. I'm just typing in, yeah, about $480 for an M-Play. And an M-Touch, I believe, is a little less expensive. You can see them online new for um, $4.59. And as always, if, if you are buying stuff, uh, you know, do do call a dealer because you can often do better than that. So um, M-Touch and M-Play, great ways to get faders, to get buttons, to get that full console feel. And I've run corporate shows on this. I've, I've run music shows on this, all kinds of stuff. Um, get that full console feel with the MPC software for less than $500. Now, if you have MIDI controllers around and maybe you've already got an NTEC interface or something like that, or maybe you have an M-Touch and, and you want to just add more buttons and more faders via MIDI, then there's an amazing program out there called Show Cockpit, which allows you to connect and, and map MIDI controllers joysticks, video game controllers, all kinds of stuff to MPC as, as well as some other consoles. And it's a really powerful program, but at its core, you can basically get started. The uh, basic license here is all uh, double check. The pricing here is uh, 25 euros. So that'll translate to dollars when you, when you check out, it'll be, you know, a, a little more, maybe around $30, I think. And then you can add in the individual the Martin one is 40 euros. Um, so, you, and then the uh, generic MIDI is 10 euros. Sir. So for less than 100 euros or, you know, a little more in dollars, you can get this program. And then if you have a MIDI controller around, this allows you to map that MIDI controller to assign the buttons, assign the knobs, assign the faders on your MIDI controller inside of MPC. And this is really powerful. And what's even more powerful is you can also buy add-ons or just the pro version um, to use specific MIDI controllers. At this time, there's the Akai APC Mini, the Behringer BCF2000, the Alation 
MidiCon 2 and MidiCon Pro, as well as the Akai APC40 Mark II. And you can buy these different add-ons or just get the Pro version. And then you're able to bring in these um, different, you know, drivers. And the ones for the specific MIDI controllers are even more powerful than the generic MIDI because you're now going to get color feedback you know, on the physical MIDI controller. You're going to see, you know, when you press that button, you're going to get the color to change or do whatever. You can configure all that cool stuff within the program. And it's a really powerful way to connect maybe MIDI controllers you already had for just like 100 euros to MPC. And so um, really powerful way there to be able to get some more control all for under $500. And so with that, guys, those are really my favorites. There's so many consoles in the under $500 range. There are just, there are tons of them out there. A lot of them are not that good. Okay, I've, I've tested out so many pieces of software. I'm always looking, I'm always at the trade shows, finding the latest and greatest stuff, trying it out, trying to crash these consoles, etc. And I can tell you, these are my favorites. These are the consoles that are versatile, reliable, and um, able to be learned and, and that make sense to folks. And so now, guys, that ends it for our main segment today. So let's dive in to our mailbag. All right, in today's mailbag, we've got we've got some great questions. We actually had quite a few emails this week, and uh, I've highlighted a few and brought them in here today. And so Tim asks, um, I recently took over running lights and sound for my local small town theater. We have an ETC 4896 Express with 96 powers on the dimmer rack and spots. So I'm guessing it's a 96 channel dimmer rack and a few Blizzard Puck 3 LEDs. Uh, let's see. It took him a while, but he's learned how to do most everything he needs to do. Um, he does musicals and they're interested in switching over to a digital console uh, for lighting and a PC laptop to be able to bring the audio in, um, play them with the go button, and then um, have the audio in sync with the lighting. Because right now he's pressing go on the lighting console, he's hitting play in iTunes, and he's also mixing the sound. And so this is community theater. You know, I know I've been there before. You've got a lot of things to do and not enough hands to do it. And of course, as always with community theater, the budget is tight. I understand absolutely. Um, and so there's there's a lot of different options and, and different ways to um, really structure this, Tim. And so you're definitely right that running something PC-based is going to be your best bet for having the ability to do MIDI triggers and, and things like that. So my very first choice, my first recommendation is you check out QLab. It's a Mac-only program, but it's super-duper powerful, and it's really designed for exactly what you're doing. So it's probably going to be the most seamless, seamless way to do it. Now, don't get sticker shock when you go to the pricing page, um, because if you want the full QLab, and again, I'm looking at the features, you may only need the lighting QLab, because it comes with basic audio functionality and basic video functionality. Um, I don't think you need video. And, and that's only um, $3.99 to buy. Um, or even better, they let you rent it for just $4 a day. So think about this. Say you rent it for two weeks, you know, during the uh, tech week and, and show run. You know, I'm just guessing on kind of an average show. So you do four 
times 14, and that's $56. Now that's cheap, all right? And so you can rent it, set your dates. Uh, that's an option. I, I definitely, I'd really recommend checking out QLab first and foremost. I'm going to talk about um, a couple other options here, but but QLab is, is it's, it's, it's Mac only, so you need to have a Mac or borrow a Mac or something like that. But it's a really solid program, and, um, and they also call it rent to own. And so I don't totally know how that works. Um, I think it's just if you literally spend the money that it costs to own it through rentals, then, then you get it. And so you could do that over some time as well. And so that's um, super, super awesome. They, they really, they, QLab, ah, man, it's a great program. So it's just, it's really, like I said, designed to do exactly what you want. Playback and audio track, run lighting. It actually can run lighting straight out of QLab, or you can send some MIDI control uh, to a different piece of software like um, MPC or like Entex D-Pro um, to be able to run your cues out of there. D-Pro also has the functionality where you can bring in a music track and play lighting alongside of it. But I can tell you... Um, you know, QLab is is definitely more powerful and better to use. The only thing you'll need to, to buy is you will need an ArtNet or SACN node, or maybe just ArtNet. Um, regardless, most nodes um, run both of them. And so, yeah, it is ArtNet. But I'm going to link to my page on Learning Stage Lighting about ArtNet nodes. I do recommend one by Shave that's about $120. So it's, it's not going to kill you there. But... Um, you know, definitely, I, I'm going to recommend QLab to you. I'm, I'm not even, you know, DeepPro is a good program. Check it out if for some reason QLab isn't right for you. Um, but the fact that you can rent QLab for really, really, really inexpensive is like perfect. And it's just, it's really designed just for theater, Tim. So, so go check out QLab. I think that's going to be your best answer. Uh, one program you can look into is QLab. It'll probably be out of your budget. Um, and so I'd probably recommend looking at Entex D Pro because for only $200 for the software, as I talked about in the previous segment, and about $150 for the USB uh, to DMX interface, you get a program that's going to allow you to build cue lists that have an audio track attached to them. And so then you can press go on the cue list and it's going to fire the audio track right with the lightning cues. And so that's totally probably going to work for you uh, in the ability to do that, to be able to hit the go button, you know, go through your cue lists and uh, bring on that music. And, and you can do a lot of stuff in there. Like you can go ahead, um, definitely check out my tutorials on it. I'll link to those uh, in the above segment, the main segment from today's show. But you could, you know, through different parts of the music, have it, you know, automatically go through cues. And then you can have during certain parts of the music or the show, you can have it stop and wait for your go, et cetera. There's, there's a lot of options there and uh, there is a demo version. So I would totally check out that demo version, see if the, the music triggering and stuff like that is, is right for you. Cause that's a really great option that you've got there. Um, another option is you could use, let's say I mentioned QLab already, um, but that's probably out of your price range, but you could, let me think about this. You could so you could use Tim a program like Ableton Live again with a with a cheap and with a cheap MIDI controller. Like I've got this Novation Launchpad. It's like an eighty dollar MIDI keyboard. You get a free um, license to Ableton Live Lite, and you could bring your tracks into Ableton 
and then use that to shoot out MIDI commands. Your MIDI commands could then trigger a program like uh, Martin's MPC if it's, uh, or could then trigger a program like Alation's MPC. It could go through a program like Show Cockpit to make it easier to do the triggering. Um, at that point, when you're sending out MIDI from a program like Ableton, you could, within the computer, within the software, you could assign it to a lot of different things. You could use DMXs, which is a really simple DMX program. Um, the fact that you have 96 conventionals means that it would probably take you a while to program DMXs. It would be slower than uh, your Express for sure um, because you don't have physical faders. And so those are just some options, Tim. Um, I'd probably recommend either running it out of a program like Ableton and, and building MIDI cues into there to go ahead and fire your lighting cues uh, in a program like MPC or like DPro, or you can run it straight out of DPro, use that functionality in their cue list where you're able to drag in an audio track and uh, play it along, and, and that will work for you as well. Daniel writes in and says, uh, I feel like I'm having a connection issue because after a minute or two, all my lights will start to flash. You bought, he bought all Lixada stage lighting and controllers, and he bought all new DMX cable. And the only issue he can foresee is the old 100 foot cable that he didn't replace, but is also DMX could be the issue. So, yeah, Daniel, a few things uh, that you can step through to troubleshoot this. So, the first is that if you think it's that 100 foot cable, you know, get one of your shorter new cables and, and just skip past that 100 foot cable, right? You know, uh, it's probably your cable that's running from your stage to your control space, uh, you know, your front of house, your sound booth, wherever. And so just bring your console onto the stage or wherever that 100 foot ends up and, and plug it directly into the lights. And, and then you'll know if that fixes the issue. Okay, it's either a problem with DMX strength over that length, which should not be a problem um, if your devices are following the DMX standard. More on that in a second. But, you know, it could be. Um, the second thing that unfortunately is probably your problem is that you have purchased, um, really cheap Lixada, you know, DMX, uh, stage lighting. And so this stuff is really the cheapest of the cheap. You know, they don't have somebody you can call for customer support. As you've probably found out, they don't even have good instruction manuals. It's questionable whether or not their fixtures actually even meet the safety standards that are required in the US or the UK or anywhere like that for electrical products and also for the FCC. And so, you know, I, I've gone down this rabbit trail before and I'm going to go down it quick with you, Daniel, that you do really get what you pay for with lighting. And so I know you've already purchased and I hate to bring this news upon you, but the fact is when you buy cheap stuff, it's always going to be more finicky with DMX. It's going to be harder to get right. It's going to be more likely to break down. And it's going to be less precise um, straight from the factory. There's going to be less quality control. And if it has any type of warranty, best of luck getting them to honor it. Now, if you've bought them off Amazon and, and you bought them, you know, within the last 30 days, you can always pack them up and ship them back to Amazon because they've got a great return policy. But unfortunately, you know, these kind of no-name brand direct from China things um, like Lixada, and you may not have known any better, Daniel, so I want to be nice here. But when you buy these cheap lights, you know, they make it look like you're buying a Chave or an Elation or a Blizzard, 
that's three or four times the cost. Um, but the quality is nowhere near what you get from one of these other brands. And of course, you know, for those who are professionals listening here, you would know that Chauvet, Elation, or Blizzard, you know, are really inexpensive compared to something like um, an Elation or a Martin. You know, Elation's got kind of their pro line and their ADJ, their cheaper line, or, you know, Verilite or Philips or, well, who's now Verilite. Um, but regardless, you know, there's there's always these different steps, you know, in lighting and you really do get what you pay for. And I always tell folks that I would recommend you buy something like a Chave, like an Elation, like a Blizzard, that's going to carry a two or three year manufacturer's warranty. Not only that, but you get a manufacturer who cares, okay? With all of these companies, I have heard, you know, and talked to people where maybe they've been out of warranty. Like I had a, a friend locally here, a guy that I did some work for, um, he was a DJ uh, turned pastor, and he, we were installing some lights in his church, and he had just mentioned, you know, he had bought 12 of these moving lights from Chave, you know, some pretty entry-level movers, and on the first show, you know, one of them, in, in, in a careless mistake, got dropped, okay, and it got beat up, and so, and so he called Chave up, he said, you know, guys, I, I don't know what to do here, like, you know, we, we legit, we dropped this thing, and you know, it's totally our fault. You know, we bought 12 of these. We dropped one. You know, I'm really sorry, but what can we do to repair this thing? And they ended up just sending him a new one, okay? And that, that may not happen in every situation. You know, this guy had bought a lot of Chave previous to that, Um, you know, LEDs and stuff like that, I believe, but in consoles. But regardless, with a company like Lixada, you're not going to get somebody to answer a phone or an email um, that's a native English speaker, much less get someone who can talk you through. You know, that's one of the benefits, actually, if you buy an all Chave or an all Elation or an all Blizzard rig, when you buy all your stuff from one of these companies as well, instead of mixing, that's when you can actually call them for support. And if you call their support line, you say, I've got this and I've got this, and it's not working right. And then they can actually give you some customer support on that. Whereas if you mix different brands of stuff, um, which, you know, sometimes maybe the best thing to do, if you're not super knowledgeable, I actually kind of don't recommend that because then when you call the support line, they say, well, we don't know about that other brand bit, but, you know, here's how to make our stuff work. And it's not going to be as helpful. So that's really my, my no-nonsense uh, information for you, Daniel, is just that it's hard to know that you may have bought the wrong thing, but... When you buy cheap stuff, it, it really will wear on you. Um, you're you're going to have DMX problems that are more likely, you know, to be caused by these lighting. Um, you know, that you're going to have power issues. They, they may start to get errors if they're moving lights or even LEDs. You may start to lose LEDs. Um, things may, specific features of the lights may break over time, etc. And, you know, even if they have a warranty, they don't often get honored. And so it's really unfortunate, and I hate to say it, but it it probably is your lights and or controller um, that's that's causing this problem. Maybe it's not sending out strong enough DMX again. You know, there's, there's a lot of factors here, but the fact is cheap lights tend to just be more of a DMX headache um, because they don't follow the standards right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can spend, you know, a little bit more, or maybe it's two times more 
but you get more warranty. You get that customer support. You get a product that someone stands behind that you can actually call a real human who speaks English and, and get an answer on. And so I hate to, to rain on your parade, man, but um, I hope that helps. So guys, show notes for today's episode are going to be found at wirenstagelighting.com slash 018. Remember, guys, to keep those reviews coming. If you've enjoyed this show, and I know we've been getting more and more listeners these past few weeks, it's been really exciting. And if you have enjoyed this show, please go ahead and, and do leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can find all those pages and more over at learnstagelighting.com slash 018, the show notes for this week's episode. And everybody, have a great week. Be safe and enjoy lighting. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.